It's Brittany, bitch. Yeah, what's up? It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. No, but maybe the fourth time's the charm. I am your host, Ben, alongside your host, Matt. Host Matt, how are you doing today? I was doing great. I had some energy. I was prepared to flow through an intro, and and then just, I got assaulted auditorily. I, I don't know how to feel. Matt, I'm very excited today. Do you know why? I don't, and I'm, I'm more concerned. I'm excited, Matt, okay, because okay. today on this episode of Fourth Times the Charm, we get to add one of the worst, most terrible aspects of a podcast. Do you know what that is? Vamping? The news section! Yes, Matt, we oh. finally have our first bit of news on the podcast because we premiered the first three episodes of Fourth Times the Charm last night, in case anyone who's listening actually wants to know how far ahead we're recording these. And we got multiple listens, which means that people are listening to Fourth Times the Charm. Wait, are you serious? In that, Matt, yeah, we we have almost double-digit listens. Holy shit, on, those aren't just yeah, me. On episode two of Fourth Times the Charm, my girlfriend hasn't even listened to it yet, and she probably won't. My so wife has listened to it. Do you know what this means, Matt? If we can retain even one of these listeners, do you know what that means? I, I don't. You tell me. We have an audience, we have a fan, and we have a biggest fan now. Oh, we do. Yeah. Oh. So, so here's what I want to do. For that fan, you are our new best friend. I want to know everything about you. I want you to comment, okay? Our biggest fan will be determined by the first person to comment either our Twitter, Fourth Time Pod, our Instagram, Fourth Times the Charm Official, or even on our SoundCloud podcast feed and just tell us, I am your biggest fan, okay? You get the, the they get the title. You get the title. You get the title of being our biggest fan. Until you deem fit to not be our biggest fan anymore. No, they don't have a choice. They're fucking locked in. Because you have to understand, we have nothing. We are not using an IP to make this podcast work. Literally, the only way we are going to make this work at all is by asking every single person who is listening to this podcast, by begging them to get just one person to listen to this also. And the best part about it, Matt, is that this is your podcast. If you're our biggest fan, that makes you like number three in the chain of command behind us. You want an episode about a certain type of podcast? Just tell us. Is there a podcast you've always wanted to listen to? Just tell us. We'll do it. We will do anything. Ben is already simping to the fans. And yeah. I, I just want all of you to know. I'm simping to the fan. I'm simping to the fan. You are. You're simping to our fans, Ben. In the years coming forward, you will be able to manipulate this man. Be prepared, everybody. This is a You're able to manipulate me now. I, that's what I'm saying. I am begging you to manipulate me as long as you will get other people to listen to this. If you have a weird group of people who just get off at listening to guys do a podcast, for the love of God, tell them about it. We will do whatever you want if you just comment on it or if you tweet us. As long as you introduce other people to this podcast. That is our promise to you, our biggest fan, wherever you are. So I've come up with multiple names for the podcasts now. And we're staying with Fourth Times the Chart. But this episode is The Needy. Our attempt to pitch an MLM without having you invest any money, but only your time. I'm Um, editing that out, Matt. (laughs) You shouldn't, because it sounds like you're, you're pitching us a pyramid scheme. You know, why don't you tell one of your friends that they should tell another one of their friends to listen to this and if you do that you ostensibly gain a little bit more power Matt, that's what marketing is that is literally what marketing is is yeah. just a pyramid scheme i know I'm pyramid scheming the shit out of whoever is listening to this our biggest fan you are there our most valuable person is listening to this right now and this is our call to you my hand touching the microphone to your ears through your phone or your radio device or your headphones you know who you are just tell us 
that you are our biggest fan. The parasocial relationship you'll develop between me and Ben, and probably more so with Ben, or me if you like to be ignored and told you're wrong, it's going to be powerful. And you can't digitally touch us. It could it could be Misha. I saw Misha was liking our Instagram posts. I'm so Misha, glad you pronounced is your it, name that way. Is it is it is it not pronounced that way? You always oh, say it Misha. Is, I'm not I'm not gonna tell you. I always hear you say Misha. You're adding it, like you don't have a Kentucky accent, and it feels like you're adding an accent to the way I always say it, and it's really confusing. Misha, Misha, Misha. Misha, 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 Misha. Well, we've already we've already reached ecoherent bambling. This podcast is firing at all cylinders today, folks. To our to to our to our biggest fan out there, you must love this moment. <laughs> and while we are slurring our words, I am choosing a podcast topic today. Matt, are you fucking ready? I mean, because this be one really upset, or I'm really going to enjoy it. This podcast is going to be our most intensive one yet, but before we start, I gotta ask you, Matt, tell me three nouns. Just give me three nouns. nouns. Yeah, not proper nouns, just nouns. Tree, pavement, cephalopod. Okay! I'm not good with these games. It's a late, foggy, stormy night in Los Angeles. The script's due in 30 minutes or less. Welcome to the writer's room, where dreams become reality in 30 minutes flat. I'm your host, alongside Matt. Matt, how much do you enjoy the cinema? Oh. (laughs) Oh, Hold on, I need to compose myself after that one. I love the cinema. I, I love the cinema so much that intro was fantastic. Um, some of my favorite memories of all time uh, involve either watching movies or being at movie theaters. I have t- I have two separate tattoos I've gotten done in movie theaters. So I, 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 I I'm kind How's of how's that work? Uh, at the movie at uh, the uh, I'll shout it out the Music Box of Horror, the best horror movie festival in the entire country in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, every year, they have a wonderful tattoo artist who comes to the event and does uh, flash tattoos. She has like 15 images she has prepared, and you can get any of them tattooed for a very disc- a nice, cheap fee. Like, so are every- they good tattoos? Yeah, I have two of them. I wouldn't get them otherwise. She's she's a Wh- very which ones nice... Which are they? The skateboarding ghost and the person being abducted that says, finally. I don't remember that one, but I remember skateboard head. I'll yeah, take my yeah. shoe off right now and send you a picture. I forgot it was on your foot. Fuck. Okay. No, my left, Maybe my left, was... my left leg is my hodgepodge leg because I, I, I've made a choice by about three or four years ago now that the rest of my body needs to be dedicated to large pieces of like actual very well done and crafted artwork, and as long as I reserve some amount of skin skin for smaller pieces of artwork. The rest can be pretty much dedicated to those larger pieces. And so my left leg is really what I'm dedicating to more of a collage where the like my back, my forearm, yeah, uh, and everywhere else is dedicated to full-size pieces. So Matt, you and I have spent a lot of time in our lives going over film ideas, right? <laughs> and we've spent far too much time doing it, and we've never actually made a short film or anything. Yeah, ever, not but... yet. Not yet. But this is Fourth essentially charm. my idea, uh, is that I am combining this with a class I took in film school. Yeah, I did waste my money on film school. What about it? <clears throat> Should have been um, and so in the writer's room this week, what we are going to do is we are going to have 30 minutes to put together a brief treatment of a feature-length movie script. We're talking it needs to have three acts. We need to have one descriptor for each of the main things. So like, you know, introduction, inciting incident, uh, resolution, climax, subplots, etc. We need to incorporate the following three nouns. And these three nouns must be used in key turning point parts of the plot. Okay. Okay. And those three words are pavement, tree, 
encephalopod. I got it already. So the three turning points. You know, Matt, you don't got it. Because we're not done. There are also the two wheels. Wait, what? 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 There is one wheel, which is going to choose the genre of the film that we will be doing. And then there's another one that has the limitation, which will force us to incorporate whatever we land on. So, Matt, would you like me to read off the options here? All of these for wheel number one. Wheel number one is the genre. So this is the genre film we will have to do. Okay? Okay. All right. I'm good. We can choose from action-adventure, cerebral horror, slasher horror, sci-fi, crime, western, thriller, satire, romantic drama, romantic comedy, historical, fantasy, mystery, martial arts, comedy horror, war, classic comedy, espionage, superhero, and finally, children's educational, in the same vein as Sesame Street. Ben, I'm going to tell you this now. I have an idea in my head for a film based on the three words that I will force into any of those genres besides satire. (laughs) After that, we have wheel number two. We must incorporate one of these options. Okay. Must be filmed in one room. So the entire script needs to take place in one room. Okay. Plot is delivered backwards, like Memento. Mandatory Inception, plot within a plot. Animated, so we would need to have an animated slant to it, which doesn't necessarily affect it, but you that, know, that, that's, that's an advantage, less than a limitation. Yes. Red herring, there must be a key red herring point. Okay. True. A lying protagonist, so whatever is presented to us through the view of the protagonist. Yeah, unreliable narrator. Yes, unreliable narrator. I was saying montage mandatory montage mandatory musical number (laughs) it must be written in the style of a mockumentary flashback there must be a key flashback frankenstein slash budapest hotel style where there's a narrator within a narrator within a narrator okay one act of the movie must be entirely one shot or one scene so it has to be some fluid narrative that does not break m night Shyamalan twist got it g rated oh adults only rated <laughs> mandatory product placement that's happening regardless mandatory car chase okay sensible celebrity cameo Ooh. post-apocalyptic Okay. Silent, so no dialogue. Ooh, fancy. A sex scene. Or, finally, a coal miner's glove. The fuck is that? <laughs> I'm not, I'm reference. not, oh, okay, I'm not pretentious enough to get that one. It's, at, at uh, Halloween Havoc 1991, I think, it's Sting versus Jake Roberts, and the gimmick is spin the wheel, make the deal. And so they spin the wheel and whatever they land on, that's their gimmick match for the night, right? So they have like Texas bull rope match, steel cage match, first blood match, just all these weird, cool stipulations. And it lands on a coal miner's glove match, which is a coal miner's glove, which is thick, attached to a pole. You get it and then you can hit your opponent harder. So there's the infamous clip of Jesse Ventura going, it's, oh, it's a coal miner's glove match. Oh, so, so okay. the outcome wasn't, wasn't a shoot. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't fixed. It was a shoot that actually That's, just randomly yeah. happened. Right. Right. Holy shit. Yeah. It was just like the worst one possible, which was hilarious. Okay, Matt, I've given you too much time to think about it. So because the genre is more important, and I want the timer to be, like, as legit as possible. I'm going to do that one second, okay? Okay, so so does the timer start as soon as we have the sec, the limitation? It will start as soon as the second wheel is decided, all right? All right. I will be writing down the plot. Yeah, I, 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 have, a, I have a brief section of notes here. Okay, right. great. I'm ready with the timer. All right, this is mandatory must put in wheel it's time to spin the wheel make the deal 
And we're spinning. Spinning. It's landing on. Whoa. One act of the movie must be done entirely in one shot. Got it. All right. The genre is going to make that so much more difficult or easy. And with that said, we are going to spin the wheel, make the deal, and start the timer right now. We are spinning, Matt. I'm just going to rename you Cameron. The genre is... You gotta tell me so I can start the timer, Ben. You're having too much time. The genre is superhero movie. Got it. Start. Okay, so we got a superhero movie with one-third entirely in one shot that must include pavement, tree, a cephalopod. Matt, I already got an idea. Do you want to I already got an idea, too. How how are we doing this? Because I'm keyed up on this one. Okay, well, here, I'll I'll, I'll just give you my idea first. I'm imagining uh, the first third of the movie is a giant superhero fight with our main protagonist, who's a superhero, okay? Oh, we're going but very then, different directions with this film. But then, this is just what I'm thinking in my head here, Matt. Okay. But then, he has he has a moment of realization. He is stopped by the bad guy because of his only weakness, pavement. Okay. Okay, you, maybe not. You What's made a 20-minute movie. All right, Ben, here we go. All right, I, I got our opening scene, okay? <laughs> this, is what, okay. this is what I'm feeling. We're coming in. You see just a long, like, crane shot in on, a, on, a, on an empty like destroyed strip of a city and just as you zoom in you slowly get closer and closer to the pavement you see rubble and dead bodies and crusty things everywhere and all of a sudden the shot holds and it just holds on the pavement and then a giant squid just splats onto the ground and it's one little eye swivels up and you get the narration i bet you're wondering how i ended up in this situation and then we go into a movie about an alien sentient squid who was sent here to gather the rest of the cephalopods on the planet and take them out of the out of here and back to their home world but his plane crashes or ship crashes and he ends up having to live on earth and adapt to our culture because he gets amnesia and forgets that he's a cephalopod now the cephalopod has incredible this is already a movie i'm pretty sure this is a movie already is it what movie is this i don't know what movie this is (laughs) I, this is a movie I, about a sentient cephalopod that's a superhero, Ben. I don't think it, this movie exists. It's like, well, no, it wasn't a cephalopod, but it was like an alien that forgot. No, I'm getting his, I'm getting a racist Steve Martin movie confused with it. No, no, I, I think we're good on that. This is closer to Psycho Goreman than anything else I've seen, but like, it's very different. Okay, so, okay, that's what I'm thinking. That's how we're opening. I know our, our, our one-act genre, our one-act scene is a is shot by james cameron who comes in to film this movie um he's officially locked in as a director and he does a deep sea water scene where we get actual animatronic fully made cephalopod uh clones you know not real cephalopods because they're too hard to deal with and we get them to rise out of the ocean like aquaman or james cameron does a sweeping shot from underneath the ocean in the second act matt matt no 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 i got a better idea okay, okay? Hit me, I, hit me. I got a better idea Human, it is the future. Humanity has enslaved the cephalopods, all right? Okay, all right. And now, this cephalopod is coming from space to rescue his cephalopod brethren and bring them back into space. It is the cephalopod versus the corruption of humanity. And the the last act of the movie is the cephalopod destroying all of humanity. Yes. And then and then the last shot of the movie is the cephalopod coming out of the rubble and just in front of him is an ocean of cephalopods like he's right on the edge of the ocean. All of the different rises species out of the all rubble of them. and all of them are there. It's it's like a it'd be like a ocean version of the Lion King where they're on Pride Rock. Okay, all right. I'm seeing it. I'm are, seeing it. Okay, uh, so philosophically like speaking this? Yeah, Phil, I, I got I got some philosophical themes we can work with here. When you really think about the nature and the history of the Earth, humans functionally are a parasite. We are a direct negative impact on the other species on the planet. We are the problem. 
but we're incredible and we're the most amazing things that exist. Except there are two other things that are either potentially more amazing than us and we don't yet understand them, or they're slightly less amazing than us and assume and, and choose to live in the ocean. It is dolphins, whales, there's four things, and cephalopods. Cephalopods are some of the smartest, most incredible creatures in the world, and they're, the one limitation they have is their ephemeral nature. The fact that they only live a very short life despite massive and incredible evolutionary intelligence. But this hero, this this god from above, this cephalogod, comes down and grants the long life that they have reached on another planet, allowing them to ascend past humanity and live a more peaceful world. Therefore, death to humans. I'm no, so no, no. Into better this. idea. Be- better idea, man. Mine has science. Okay. Look, yeah, I don't care about that. How about the cephalopods originally were just regular squids, but humanity actually discovered oh my god i got it so humanity actually discovered a way to lengthen the life of cephalopods not so they could make them better but only so that they could be used in factories because of all of their tentacles they're able to put things together incredibly fast and what humans didn't expect what, what humans didn't expect is that the cephalopods would grow much more intelligent much faster than we expected Ben. Yes. That's called Planet of the Apes. Um, Fuck. <laughs> but but no, see, here, here's is, what I like. You literally just named made a movie called Planet of the Squids. <laughs> well, yeah, and Yeah, and no, you, but, like, what, this is, but this what, is what we have what to I, do, then. What I like, what I like, the, this, mm-hmm. this image in my mind, is you have the cephalopods who have no hope, right? And then you have super squid come from space, just shooting out of the sky almost in the same vein as like in star trek when they discover warp drive and the federation comes to welcome them he's like you guys are smart enough now that like all us other cephalopods like we are here to save you Mm, mm. i don't know i I don't know i'm not feeling that one that feels like that that makes it feel like the humans need to rally together and kill the cephalopods at the end I think I, I think we can't go that philosophical with it. I think I don't think that's philosophical. I want to make this like a you cephalopod. Made it about Star Trek. No, no, no. I want it to be a cephalopod propaganda movie. Yeah, but it needs to be a superhero film, Ben. So yes, I we agree. Need to, we need to build up this cephalopod as a deity. Now, I don't. I think what we're really pitching right now is more of an apocalypse movie. Now yes. it, it might it is to the humans, but I think we need I think we need to step back and think more Marvel. We need to think of giant space lasers, and we need to think of quippy dynamic dialogue. So yes, let's absolutely. let's let's think of this. Here's how we go: we go very woke. Okay, so hear me out. Right now, I think the future potentially lies in humans habitating parts of the ocean because it's most of the Earth, and eventually will make the the surface uninhabitable. So in an effort to increase production and construction underground we enslave cephalopods and start using them as tools i like that one it's good but we skip that's the intro to the movie and we skip ahead about 15 years cephalopods has started to integrate into society due to their intelligence it is then that our hero arrives he begins to be a savior for humanity and he begins to like really encourage them and help them bridge the gap between the cephalopods are are, are are we still saying that super cephalopod gave them the gift of intelligence or are we saying that happened naturally let's go with combo humans think they did it naturally but it was actually him the whole time and 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 i i just figured out our last scene of the movie um at the end of the movie the humans have officially depleted the, the surface that's not inhabitable we all live in the ocean the ocean's like 100 feet shallower than it used to be everywhere but right. it's humans and cephalopods were chilling the end of the movie is a cephalopod crawling out of the ocean in a in a one long shot and slowly like limping its way across the ground but using its tentacles in such an expert and logical way and you see it's just sand it's just sand and then slowly pans up as his tentacle wraps around the sapling of a tree, and he begins to oh, climb up it. I was just gonna—I was just and, gonna say the tree thing. And the yeah. cephalopods save the earth. That's how, but it has to be presented as a superhero movie. So we have to do a time jump where we have a full superhero narrative that plays out, where we slowly find out that the humanity has been replaced by androids. So humans are already gone. 
Humans no, were no, picked no, up no, by the that, Federation. We can't do that. That's, that's a video game I'm actively playing right now, Near Automata. Are all it's, the humans robots? It's it's that humans have created androids to save the Earth that's been uh, that's been invaded by aliens who use robots. But I, in the game, you find out that the robots the aliens made have already destroyed the aliens. I'm thinking that the real twist is going to be the androids have also killed all the humans, and now they're all just androids, but... But yeah, that one's been done. We are 20 minutes, by the way. I know. I'm looking. Actually, you know, here's the real twist of our story, man. At the end, it, it comes. It comes to fruition that the cephalopods have time travel abilities, and they're actually humans. And the master cephalopod ends up resetting the timeline of humanity every time, and he slowly inches cephalopods toward perfection, waiting till he can build the utopia that he knows is possible for the cephalopod. That. That that's actually an anime called uh, Psyche K. Hey Ben, Ben, there's no there's I'm no ju- new ideas under saying. the sun. We're not gonna make a movie if you tell me it's like other things. <laughs> you you say you make a logline. You always told me a logline is like it's like this with this. So yeah, it yeah, is like that wrong, anime. Actually. Fuck you. We got cephalopod apocalypse. We got pavement and we got trees. One act is all in all in genre. I should have said all in one scene. Here, here, here's here's what I like right now. Okay, we have an introduction. Do we want it narrated by the cephalopod? Yes. Okay. <laughs> narrated. No, no, no. no. By... Nar- narrated by a historian recounting the life of that cephalopod, who is also a cephalopod. Okay, but he can be like a wisecracking historian cephalopod, right? Yeah, he's fun. We have uh, a. Okay. We'll, we'll get like we'll get like Nick Frost. Yeah, it's exactly what I was thinking of, like a Simon Pegg or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so narrated by wisecracking historian. Parentheses um, Nick Frost, or Simon Pegg, or and Simon Pegg. Maybe cephalopods have dual voices. So okay, so in this world, dolphins, whales, and cephalopods are the most intelligent sea creatures. Humans go to the ocean. They start using the cephalopods for slave labor, but they're becoming smarter. And they're becoming smarter because the humans just think it's weird, but it's actually because they're being taught by super cephalopod, right? Yes. Who's who's happened to extend their life and thus allow them to become more intelligent. That's what it has to be, is he doesn't make them smarter. He just allows them to live longer and reach their full potential. Yes, they always had the ability to be superior to humans, but exactly. their, their evolution was was intentionally limited. Ooh, that's a good idea. Is that it's not that the squid were ever no, it's the biggest lie that humans have been telling themselves are that squids only live as long as they say they do. They're actually forcibly killed off by the new world order. Ooh, no, how about this? And, how about and, the, and, that, and, that, and that squid history has been lost to time because humans have just been obscuring it all. And that explains the, 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 the repetition of like Cthulhu and both like tentacle-like Atlantis people. Yes. The reason Atlantis sunk into the ocean is because it wasn't populated by humans. It was populated by squids. And it was in the location that H.P. Lovecraft denoted for Rylia, the city of the ancients, or Atlantis. It's real. It's all canon. Yeah, so the, the biggest lie is that they destroyed canon. is that they destroyed all squid history. Yep. Matt, UFOs are not UFOs. Oh, they are UFOs, but they're squid UFOs because they're trying to save their people. Yeah, and the reason and the reason that they that they look like they like look different is because they specifically use mimic squids, highly advanced mimic squids that are able to take on the forms of different alien species to confuse humanity. And mimic squids are real. They can mimic over 50 different aquatic creatures, near indistinguishable to those creatures. They're fucking cool. Mimic squids are awesome. Okay, but the top squid scientists have created the ultimate squid using advanced uh, gene splicing. Or do you want to do it that he's just a farm squid that just happens to have been given amazing abilities? Our superhero squid? Yeah. I think our superhero squid arrives 
out of nowhere, but is just integrated in and, and is disturb and is discovered after uh every superhero squid needs an origin, Matt. He does, he does. His origin is he comes from outside of the planet. He is an alien squid. I like that idea that he they are he's coming here to help the squids. But he is he he wakes up in the middle of one of the cities and then is and is integrated when he manages to save the people in the beginning of the story unveiling his superhero powers he's adopted and lifted up as a deified character okay matt i have an idea all right yeah he is the harbinger of the alien squid army right and he's and he is coming to do like groundwork and call them but the government cuts off his line of communication to his people and then he can't call his people so he's going to have to save the squids himself he almost gets it done on his own and he can't quite when right at the last minute boom the squid alien armada arrives a huge marvel cinematic battle at the last minute where you have humans and cephalopods and spaceships fighting each other boom 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 and then super cephalopod blows up the white house hmm I think we're halfway there. I, I you're ma- I you, it's superhero movie, Ben. Superhero. That is a superhero movie. That's, that's literally a superhero movie. That's that that's a superhero if that's a superhero movie, so is Independence Day. Wait, I'm Ben, gonna... are you are you telling me that you every movie is a superhero movie? In this case, yeah. No, I mean like this this superhero it. squid would still be the top one he would still be super he's like the, uh i i see what you're saying yeah because if there's an entire race that are super then they're not really super but then green lantern's kind of super yeah but it's ex- extremely selective just like with superman that's why krypton's destroyed he's the last well, then Kryptonian. why can't why why can't he have like his team of super squids then he can, like but I, I think su- like five super squids, like but Power Rangers, but we, they're squids. Yeah, but we need to build him up as a hero. Okay, to fair humans enough. and to squid. Do- if we just do like a savior story where he's like, "I am here to save the day," it's like it doesn't work. It's just like, oh, this guy hates squids or hates Fine. humans. Like it has it has not be very as like destructive. They he, they need to he needs okay. to arrive unexpectedly, not know exactly why he's there. But okay. ign- but like he he breaks down the barriers. Maybe he's a half squid, half human hybrid, Ooh. and that's why he's accepted by humanity. No, I don't think he is accepted by humanity though. But I think he is after they realize he's a savior. They realize that he's superheroed, and they just they again just like how they're trying to enslave the rest of these cephalopods. They want to use him as a tool. And he has to break free yes. of the bonds of control. Yes. And then he realizes, okay. and through re- and through that, he realizes that there's a a horrific, horrific allegory for racism and slavery going on throughout the movie. Great. Okay, Matt. Here, here's my idea. Directed right? by Dario Argento. Okay. Introduction. We have a narration of the terrible plight of the cephalopods. Okay. Mm-hmm. We we go over everything. Then we're inside like a like a forced slave labor camp on the water. They're being beaten, abused. All of a sudden, boosh! Big explosion. What is it? It's super cephalopod. He saves all the cephalopods. It's great. Boom, boom, boom. Just rips them apart. He has saved the day for the squids. And we can even frame it as like a bunch of humans show up and they're like, Oh my god, thank god you guys are saved thanks who are you i am super Wait, cephalopod why why would why would the why would the humans be okay with him saving the slaves because he it needs to be i i feel like it's like oh well we wouldn't do this but they secretly are if because otherwise because uh... otherwise if he's just killing humans the humans aren't gonna like him no this but yeah this is what i'm saying man he needs to sh- the, you're 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 showing the 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 face of the of the cephalopod slavery thing way too early we need to have him arrive in a human city and do like have like a fish out of water thing where he's like he ends up in humanity when like the fucking oh so we don't all even, show up so we don't even know about until like the end of act one then that that he's super that there's slaves 
and slave no, that squids. They're, that they're that he's there for the slave squids. Yeah, he and he doesn't know that. That's what I'm saying. Is that I see he like we're doing a fish out of water perspective story where where a a third a third party narrator is describing what happened and like it starts with like this is blah 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 he and then like and he awoke here unknowing of all of these things and then it goes into the story so he's on his so then he's on his way here but he crashes he loses his memory yeah we're going for an amnesia gimmick great okay so so we intro with the crash yeah yeah crashes that's what i described earlier slow pan into the pavement right 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 wakes up no memory and then we have i'm assuming some giant monster in the city right oh the no the 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 way the 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 coalition of whales um, attacks the human settlement and he's able to hold off a blue whale on his own and humans are like how could he and he like ripped and he we have a scene where he like he like he along he has small tentacles that are like attached to his like mostly human form and they elongate out and rip this rip a whale in half in the first 20 minutes of the movie awesome great i love that yeah okay so so then he can be introduced Mm -hmm. to the government and they can tell him it'll be like a false uh false story they'll say hey we, we we have a real problem. The dolphins are after us. The dolphins can be like a mafioso gang, right? We have yeah. nine minutes. Well, no, no, them, right? them, 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 and the, them and the whales. Right. But it's like the, the whales are the heavies yeah. sort of for the oh, dolphins. Yeah, the, the dolphins are, are the masterminds. Yeah. We're trying to yeah, reclaim the, the oceans. Dolphins. Okay. So they're telling them that the head of the dolphins is holed up at, uh, at SeaWorld. At SeaWorld Orlando. That's where the dolphins head, which is which are. is now two hundred feet under the water because of because uh, <laughs> yes. the sea because of uh, global warming the uh, the sea rose. Okay, so we get there. He breaks into Sea World Orlando. We have a huge superhero fight underwater in Sea World. He gets to one of the dolphins. They go, "What are you doing? Going against your own kind? I don't understand what you're talking about. Don't you know why you're here?" And then boom. Killed by a shark. No, he's not killed by a the shark. Dolphin he's is. Ki- no, he's killed by a Navy SEAL. Ooh, who, okay, I like who, it. Who came in and he's like, yeah, man, we're, we're here to save you. Wait, no, no. It's it's a cameo from Matt Damon playing Jason Bourne. Or a Jason there Bourne-like character. Okay, awesome. So, so he discovers. So, okay, let's see. He breaks into SeaWorld. Yeah, we're doing it, Matt. He breaks into SeaWorld, uh, kills dolphins. Don't you know uh, who you're fighting for? Uh, Killed by Navy SEAL. Okay? And then... uh, Okay, so then we're in Act 2, right? He he asks the government. He asks whoever his guy is in the government. Let's say the president. So he asks president about what the dolphin said. He says it's bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Denies it. Denies it. But then, what what what's the thing he sees that shows him that humans are wrong? Okay, so this is what happens. So we do we do a little bit of a time skip here. The uh, our main character has been on this this earth in these in these underwater cities for about six months now he's a, he's a celebrity he's really popular people keep talking about him and he keeps asking the president occasionally about this like what the dolphin said and as we find out through act two that he's been investigating it on his own and we discover he well, he he discovers after being asked by a reporter uh what his opinion on the current state of the cephalopod uh, species is and he's like they're great because he thinks they're just like common working class people he is he is sent out to stop what is believed to be a terrorist attack being led by a group of dolphins but it turns out it's a factory where uh the other stuff cep- where nautiluses which are a specific type of cephalopod were being used as slave labor and they rebelled and when he gets there and he realizes that it's not actually a terrorist attack it's a revolution and he decides in that moment is big character defining moment epic music 
that he needs to help the cephalopod rebels because he realizes what's happening to him after he accidentally kills a couple okay i i have a better idea man he gets there it they need to they need someone to get in right so they can track him or something so something where he doesn't need to kill them but he needs to get in there right he comes in there like you're against us you're fucking us over he goes i I don't understand why and then they explain to him and they tell him what's going on they show him that there's kids working in there there's this there's that he goes oh my god like are you guys really being treated like this that's when boom the seals come in and they start wiping everybody out okay then after that the dolphin snaps he beat he kills the navy seals he defends everyone great he goes i don't want this to happen i'm gonna go talk to the president right fucking now he goes to the president he tells him what's up he goes i understand turns to his henchmen kill him president goes down into his secret chamber starts firing at the dolphins and that's when we hit act three which is all one shot what do you think i got lost i'm gonna be okay. real that was a little too muddled too many angles i think i think we gotta go like Remember, this has to be a rousing movie. This has to be a superhero film. No more. I don't think we, we can't use the Navy SEALs coming in and murdering everybody too often. We're not the boys. All right. This is we're thinking Aquaman the movie here, but with a cephalopod. I, I, I at least think there needs to be like a standoff between the people and the SEALs. And that's the point where he goes like, no, I'm with the cephalopods. Yeah, I think defends him from them, right? That's what, yeah, but that's after. So what happens is, I think he shows up, and there's a rebel. There's there's a terrorist attack being, being a, a rebellion being cloned as a terrorist attack. So the cephalopods are fighting, and they're right. fighting the Navy SEALs, and they're like, right. "You need to help us!" And he like push, and then like him being superhero like swims right into the thing. He like ki- he like he kills like two or three, and then he's like, "Wait a minute!" Like he has that moment where he like uses his hyper senses. And can like sense their suffering and their pain because cephalopods no, are like, I think super they, I, super sensitive. Right? He, like, yeah, they, he needs he needs to see the children being holed up. He needs to see yeah. the people being scared. You can montage that together. So then, okay, so he so he defends them from the seals, and Eventually. then from there, and okay, go on, keep going. No, as I say, like, as I say, yeah, yeah, he has to he has to like slowly come to the realization and like, right. stop hurting them, and then. And like when no, he decides he's like, all right, I'm just gonna start capturing these guys. And then he realizes that the ones he's capturing are just getting are just getting domed as soon as he leaves them alone. And then and that's what makes him and that's what makes him turn on the Navy SEALs because they're killing prisoners. Right. Okay. So then, after that, it's got to be a journey from him to the president, right? Because yeah. with this right, all hell breaks loose. And so then it's him getting from where he is to the president. Like, yeah, that's the climax. Is him getting to the president? Yeah, it's, well, it's it's him, it's him being like this needs to stop, and so he goes, yeah, he goes right. right for the president, and then like you said, giant third act single shot battle. Uh, like, oh, it could be like the raid where like the 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 president's going down into his like deep sea like protection zone, and the he, cephalopods fighting his way through it in one continuous shot, shot by James Cameron. Matt, even better. He walks onto the front of the White House lawn. There's the president. There is no, there is him. no lawn. Remember the, the Earth's there's flat. This right, is underwater. Right, right. He's he's on he's in the White House submarine, whatever. The blue he's house. Like he he he's in the blue house. He's on the roof of it. He he goes through the thing I was telling you earlier. He's like this has to stop, and he's like this does kill him. And then he goes into the back. We can follow him. He goes down into the bottom of the White House, and that's when the dolphin. Or that's when the cephalopod starts fighting through everybody, and that's when you have this big undersea. Wait, who got who got killed? What do you mean? You said someone got you said someone got shot. Like so, the, the, no, no, the no, president when, gets when, shot. When, no, when he goes in, that's when the whole raid style final act. No, no, yeah, but I'm saying cephalopod but when, going through the White House. But when he's talking to the president initially before that, who gets shot? You said someone gets shot. I, I'm saying the cephalopod. Oh no, the president is telling them to kill the cephalopod. Oh, and so they try, but he gets away. And so they try, but but okay. he just starts mowing through them through the White House. One minute. Yeah. All right. That sounds good. Okay. Well, so we got a minute to come up with a name. We have our third act, 
it, the sequ- the sequels when the cephalopod army shows up it, it, and liberates it's, the it's, whole it's earth. got it's got to be whatever his name is so we got to figure out a name for him it's not super cephalopod not stupid it could nautilus Ooh, yeah that's it it's a nautilus just nautilus that's the name of the movie i'm into it i'm off the awesome. time we got 45 seconds we have time to rest yeah, we, we fucking did it, man. I I think that turns out well. Okay, so just so we can go through it one more time. The name of this movie is Nautilus, co-written by Matt and Ben. Uh, it's narrated by a wisecracking historian, maybe a Simon Pegg or a Nick Frost. This is the story of Nautilus, which is a cephalopod who crashes into Earth. He's lost his memory. He is used by the government for his special powers he then discovers who he's fighting for and works his way through the aquatic world government and destroys humanity for the sake of cephalopods and aquatic creatures around the world well so i don't, I, don't up, I i think he just captures the capital he doesn't destroy all of humanity until movie right two. yeah 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 we we don't see all that yeah we start the movie with the cephalopod crash landing our wisecracking historian introduces us to the story he wakes up and all of a sudden whatever city he is in is under great attack from the coalition of whales he sees that people are in danger and he defends them from the giant whales and uses his tentacles to rip one of the whales in half hell yeah from there he's introduced to the president of the aquatic world order and he tells him that they could use his help because they are under attack from both the coalition of whales and the dolphin mafia he is told to go squash the dolphins at their home base which is in SeaWorld, and what was once orlando we have a big halfway through the movie cinematic fight between the dolphins and the super cephalopod nautilus and he hears from the last dolphin he asks him what are you fighting for don't you know what you're doing going against your kind he goes i I don't understand what happens one of the navy seals shoots the dolphin dead he never figures out what happens six months of celebrity amongst the humans later and the super cephalopod nautilus is told to go to an area where there's been a huge riot and terrorist act he gets there and what does he see but his own cephalopods being used as slave labor. They're defending themselves. They're rioting. They're trying to free themselves. He sees how the Navy SEALs with him are treating them, and that's where he makes a snap decision. It is he who must save the cephalopods from the humans. So he turns, he helps fight them back, and he goes, I'm taking this straight up to the president. He goes to the underwater White House, the Blue House. Yeah, the Blue House. He confronts the president on the blue lawn. And the president says, I hear what you're saying, but don't you know who you are? You're an alien. You're not one of them. You were called here. You were sent here by your people to save these cephalopods. But look at what you can have here with the humans. Look at what you could be. You're a celebrity. You have everything you could ever want. You don't want to associate yourself with with those lesser cephalopods yeah they only live for two years anyway he goes not under my watch they don't have to my cephalopods we live ages i can show them our ways we could live together in harmony you don't need to do this he goes yes you're right i don't i just want to he but turns d- to d- his henchmen d- 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 kill him turrets show up around the whole blue house all aimed and pointed at our hero nautilus and then we enter the third act which is an entire raid-like one-shot action sequence from the front door of the blue house all the way down to the inner chamber where the president is hiding himself we close on a one-on-one encounter between super cephalopod and what i'm assuming will be some really juiced up martial artsy president i don't know why it's it's just he'll be he'll be he'll be in a back like hitler at the end of doom yeah, exactly. The blue house is crumbling around him. If he's going to go out, he's going to take Nautilus with him. Everything crashes. You see on the screens around you that 
the cephalopods everywhere are, are starting to rise up after this attack is being broadcasted worldwide. The cephalopods cannot be held down any longer. All of the pavement and all the crap holding the White House together, the Blue House, it collapses in on them. And then from the rubble comes Super Cephalopod himself, Nautilus, and there... He sees all of the cephalopods celebrating with him as they are fighting the humans together as one. And then many years have passed. We see the desolate ground of the earth that's uninhabitable. And we see coming out of the ocean one tentacle that reaches out and grabs a tree branch. A tree sapling branch. Fate Nautilus. <laughs> Huge bold letters. And Good there's, shit. There's a post-credit scene where Nick Fury, as a as a as a squid, calls the Master Cephalopods like, "I have something to tell you," and it ends. Matt, this doesn't suck. Yeah, it doesn't suck, and it's about squids. I'm very happy. Yeah. I love cephalopods. They're my favorite creatures. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I think we did a really good job for 30 minutes. Yeah, we did it. We pulled it off, and we didn't fuck it up. There's how it is. Boom shakalaka. You were yeah. I I. What what was your original idea? Was it still to have a sentient cephalopod? Yeah, it was a, it was a sentient alien cephalopod crash landing onto Earth in New York City, and then whatever the genre was would depict where it would go from there. It was it had an I had an origin, and I had an opening scene, and then the the limitation and the genre were going to be what guided me from there. Because I want I want to do a cephalopod out of water kind of story. You know, Matt, I was really hoping that we were going to get a children's educational movie with a sex scene in it that's what i wanted i would have done that i would have had a long uninterrupted shot for 25 minutes of of squids mating (laughs) it would it would have been it would have been like the scene in requiem for a dream where it's men chanting come but it's it's just it's just like a set as it's like a narrator going and wait for it oh they're coming and wait for it wait for it see those tentacles wait for it and then and then eventually the the, the octopi scum and the kid yep. and, and the children watching it in the movie stand up and give it a standing ovation as we slowly pan out to show that they're sitting inside of like a theater in the middle of the desert yeah no this is we we have a franchise on our hands mirror on oh, our hands here, Matt. all right well ben in in the name of brevity you know i i've tr- I'll, I'll i usually try more than once to end the podcast and usually end up interrupting me and my first time might not have worked. My second time might not have worked. And the third try, it didn't work either. But the fourth time's the charm, Ben. The podcast is over. Woo! We're done. Good night, everybody. I've been Matt. This has been Ben. Good morning. Good morning.